serving all of eastern Utah. This is News Talk, 107.3 FM and 7.50 AM. KOAL. Price. Right-footed kick is up, and it is good! The Rams are going to the Super Bowl! Rivers on a give. Gordon takes the left side and knights in for the score! Welcome to Bolts and Horns, a pro football show with Jordan Buscarini and Vinny Rondinelli on the Drive Time Sports Podcast Network. Welcome to Bolts and Horns, pro football show here on the Drive Time Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jordan Buscarini, alongside Vinny Rondinelli. We do this every Tuesday, and now we're recapping the 2019 draft. A lot of topics to get into. Vinny, I know you were at the draft how cool it was it? Was it was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. It was well run. It was so, um, the energy was incredible. You know, and you had fans from everywhere. You saw different jerseys, old jerseys, new jerseys. Incredible. Uh, it, was, it was just awesome. I got to see, you know, both our picks. I got to see um, both safeties get selected in the second round. Mm-hmm. I got to see it live, and it was incredible, Jordan. It really was. Very cool. Nashville did a wonderful job. You got to see Sean Merriman. Got to see Sean Merriman. Jackie Slater. Jackie Slater. Yeah, I got to see Jackie Slater. So, um, super cool. Well, we have a lot of topics to dive into today. Of course, we will talk New York Giant football. I know it's bolts and horns, pro football with an L.A. twist, but still, Dave Gettleman, this guy is getting blasted in the national good, media. Good Gettleman's a tough guy. He stood up right to it. He's, he, he needed <laughs> yeah, to be, and he, he's, he, he's he damn well did, too, yeah. boy. He... Uh, and I like what we, we've, we've talked a lot about this, and I like what they did. I have no problem at all. It doesn't, you know, uh, we watch a lot of football. We watch, we talk the draft. We, we read all the mags. We, you know, we get into this more than your average person does, Jordan. And we both agree. Daniel Jones can play. You and I are not going to be contrarians just to no, be contrarians. No. I mean, I think we both like this pick, and we will talk about that a little bit later on in the show. I say, hey, we start, let's dive right into it. Let's take a look at the draft grades for the Los Angeles Chargers. We'll start with the Chargers, then we'll move over to the Rams, then we'll dive in to some of the other national topics. Okay, so let's talk about the Chargers. One of the guys that you and I did talk about a lot last week, we've talked about this guy for months now, Jerry Tillery, and he falls to the Chargers at 28. Being a Ram homer, I was really hoping he would still be on the board at 31, and I have to believe that when the Chargers took him at 28, that gave Les Snead all the all the confirmation he needed to trade out of the first round. I don't believe the Rams trade out of the first round if Tillery is on the board. I agree with you. I agree with you. And Tommy T did not expect him to be there. He said he had 18 first-round grades, and the last grade he had was Jerry Tillery. And he was there at 28, so he was ecstatic. I love the pick. They needed inside push. And uh, they, you know, Tommy T tends to do that. He goes big schools, team captains. Um, early on in the draft, so it fit his mold perfectly, and I, I love the pick. You were hoping he was there for you. you I, I was. The pick. I was. I was hoping he was going to be there for the Rams. I, I think he could be one of the best defensive tackles in the league here in about two to three years. I really do. I, I, I have not missed a down of Jerry Tillery's college football career. I watched him play every single down of his career. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I am complete, You're a huge Golden Domer. I, I, and I'm completely sold on what Tillery can bring. I mean, he's a great talent. I think he has huge upside. And I know that Ndamukong Sue has been connected to the Chargers throughout the offseason. Well, give me Tillery at the end of the first round over Ndamukong well, Sue any day of the week. Absolutely. And he helps. And he's going to get help because mm-hmm. he's going to line next to Joey Bosa. And Joey Bosa draws a lot of attention. And when they roll over, Melvin Ingram still draws attention. Yeah. So he's going to get a lot of one-on-ones. And he and can cause gonna disruption. Be, and he is going to be, and they love his length. Gus Bradley mentioned his length. I think he's 6'5 and a half. I think that's what he measured in was 6'5 and a half. I, they love that length. 
I, I think they knocked it out of the park. I don't think things could have gone any better because not only did you get who you wanted, you didn't have to move up. And it was a position of need. And it was a position of it need. It was a position of need. And you talked about the the amount of first-round draft grades. Jerry Tillery was a first-round draft grade. And if you're picking at 28 and you have 18 guys that have first-round draft grades and you grab him at 28... You're, oh, you can't... He couldn't get to the podium fast no, enough. He no. couldn't get to the podium fast enough. Same, I, I believe the same thing would happen. I believe you're right. If he was there at 31, I think the Rams sprint to the podium. There's no question. They, don't, they do not trade out if Tillery's on the board. And I think if he gets past the Chargers based on position of needs, there's a good chance he's still there. Yeah. There's a good chance that he's still there. Yeah, he still would there. still been there. And, and that might have that might have made him move up one or two. Maybe. You Maybe don't have so. to give that much to move up one or no. two spots. Let's move on to round number two. Chargers go free safety. Nazir Adderley, you love this pick. I love that well. pick. I was hoping he was there yeah. at 28 and he ended up there at 60. <laughs> you got both Tillery <laughs> and Adderley. The two guys that you we said both you wanted. wanted. You wanted yeah, one was, of them. You it was, both of them. It was, it was killer. And I think Adderley, you know, I heard some chatter that he pulled a hammy, came up a little lame. I think it dropped him on some boards. I didn't have anybody do the full testing on him. Didn't have a 40 time. So even Tommy T said, I think that hurt him. And he, they had to go strictly on film. He said the film was well worth the 60th pick. We needed a center fielder. Again, another position need. The Chargers needed one, and I can imagine Derwin James gets to run around a little more here with Adderley behind him because Adderley's got a lot of range. Again, we're talking for the second year in a row, we're talking about a safety falling in the laps of the Chargers, yes. right? I mean, falling it's happened in the two, seasons, the two in seasons in a row. Yeah. Uh, you were just talking about the length and the range of Jerry Tillery. If you love the range of Tillery, you're going to love the range of Adderley. Oh, man, can he cover some ground? Yeah. Cover some ground. So, again, I think they knocked this one out of the park. Uh, you know, I know you're a Charger homer. I'm not, and I can say this. They might have one of the best young duos in the secondary in the NFL right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Derwin James an all-pro. Right. So if this kid, if they hit on Adderley, they're going to have, it'll be dynamite. And I think Gus Bradley's looking for that. He's looking for Chancellor and Thomas, just back when he built a great defense in Seattle. And I think that's what he's kind of envisioning. I'm going to lean on you for the third round pick here a little bit. Well, even I didn't know who he was, Jordan. I'm going to be honest. Trey Pipkins. With Trey Pipkins. When the name come up, both me and my nephew looked at each other like, "Get on your phone. Who's that?" <laughs> we had never heard the name. We had to research. He did play at the East West Shrine game. I guess that's where he really started gaining momentum. So I had to listen to an interview with Tommy Telesco on the the pick, and he said he's six six, three hundred ten pounds, has great feet, long arms. So physically, everything's there. And they like the intelligence, so they took a chance to give him some time to develop. He don't have to play this year. No, no, because you and, have Okung still. Yeah, so. so and I think Okung's contract pretty much is, this is going to be the last year of it. I agree. So this is a, a future pick. Let's hope it works because he's got a lot of development coming from Sioux Falls. Well, and you can get a little bit of a feel for this kid if you just watch the East-West Shrine game. He dominated. He, he did. He, he did, did dominate. And that's probably where the stock rises a little bit in a game like that. But still, it, it does feel like it was a little bit of a reach. Oh, absolutely. It's, absolutely. A draft for, it's a draft for need, though. It's a position of need. You had, yep, they need depth there. And uh, that was the top guy on your board. So I, I do think, you know, looking at it, a lot of the places you read, again, you know, same thing, we're all looking at the same stuff, but in the fourth to fifth round range. So it looked like it was around early. Yeah, but you know Telesco's he wanted that guy. Well, Telesco also wanted an upgrade at linebacker. He made that perfectly clear, right? Absolutely. Okay, so we go to the fourth round, and again you pull a domer. We're talking about a guy that is kind of that hybrid. Yep. Drew Tranquil uh, you started know, at safety. Here's start, another one you saw every yeah, game this kid played. Every game I seen, and I've watched him come back from injuries. 
And I also watched him become the emotional leader on this Notre Dame team that overachieved last year and went to the college football playoff. He was that guy in the center of the field. He's quarterback of the defense, right? He comes back for his fifth year. The team really rallied around him. They grab him in the fourth round. The only problem is you have to worry about the ACL surgeries. Absolutely. That, that's the only oh, yeah. the only question mark I have about Drew Tranquil. As a human being, you will not find a better human being in this draft. You bring him in in the fourth round. I love it. I don't know that he's going to be a three-down starter, but I love the attitude. And, and we know, at, at this point, you don't have to be. You don't have to be, no. He doesn't have to be. And we know the ability. We, yeah, we know, he can and play. And it's a hybrid. You know, we keep using that word hybrid, but that's what he is. That's what he is. And we need to back up Mike Linebacker. Perriman's re-signed. This is a kid that doesn't have to start right away. And again, they mentioned right off his intelligence, his toughness, and the special team aspect of it. You need your linebackers to dominate in special teams. And that's what your backup linebackers should do. Love this pick in the fourth round. Again, two-time team captain, I believe. Yeah. yeah two-time, two-time, two-time team, team captain, captain at Notre Dame. So he would have been drafted last year. came back for his fifth year of eligibility. Yes. He, he, would, he would have been selected. So if, he's, if his medicals are clean, this is another great pick. Yeah. And he's been relatively healthy over the last couple of seasons. So uh, let's move on to the next round for the Chargers. They finally go quarterbacks. I love it. Yeah, it's been a while since the Chargers have gone quarterback oh, yeah. here. Uh, I'm not as high on this pick as you are, so I'm going to let you take it. Easton Stick, round five, you take a quarterback out of North Dakota State. We watched this kid play because I was actually in the casino watching North Dakota State. I actually put some money on a North Dakota State game. Don't judge me on that. Uh, but I have seen Easton Stick play. With this particular pick, round five, Vinny, I felt that the Chargers could have went other directions based on the fact that you have Cornell Jones. You have Tyrod Taylor. You have Phillip Rivers. This, to me, means that Cardell Jones is gone. Yeah, that means he didn't show him enough. Um, this is a guy they put on the practice squad last year. He wasn't even active. Uh, Geno Smith came in and took that job from him. He, t- he signed Tyrod Taylor. So this is another one here you got to be patient with because for the next two years, you have two quarterbacks locked up. He's not going to be playing quarterback for the Chargers. No. I mean, you can pretty much guarantee that. Now, I love the pick and the fact this guy was 47-3 and as a starter. It's incredible. I think if this kid was 6'4", 235 pounds, you're talking about the same guy that got drafted, just just a par below Wentz. You know, he's a little smaller. But he's a real good athlete. When I watch him, Jordan, when I see the highlights, all I see is Tony Romo. Okay. A smaller school guy, same kind of a build, a winner, highly intelligent. And they have time and patience with this, so I love this pick. Because they need a developmental quarterback. Even if he's not going to be a starter, you still need a solid backup quarterback in the NFL, right? Yeah. Very yeah, few people do. go, very few people are like Phillip Rivers. Very few that are always playing. It's a one thing to yeah, generate so player for a You're going to need sure. a quarterback, so I really like to pick. We go to round six. Once again, going back to what Tommy T said about trying to upgrade the linebacker spot, they go linebacker once again in round number six. And I didn't know the kid. I had to look this one up. I wasn't uh, familiar with it, but Kyle Emanuel was a special teamer and a backup. He retires. You needed special team guys. You need a backup at the auto position. Gus Bradley has to be, you know, in his defense, it's not just the Sam linebacker. It's the auto linebacker. So this guy, he, a big-time athlete. Big-time big athlete. Big-time athlete. athlete, yeah. So yeah. they said, here, this is another one, a special team player. In the sixth round, that's how you're going to make your money. Yeah. Most workers are going to make their that, money right. special teams. But if you can, at any point in time, add a pass rush, athleticism pass rush in round six or seven, it's almost worth a risk. And right? this kid has rushed the passer? He has. And in the auto, they're going to do a lot of that. So this might have been the same thing. This could be just a backup special teamer and then a pass rush, a third down kind of a player, Jordan. Now, while you're not familiar with the pick at number six, as familiar, 
you were ranting and raving to me about the seventh round pick. I really like this pick. Yeah. This is another one that is a position of need, and they needed inside disruption. This kid's been a disruptor. Cortez Broughton. Cortez Broughton out of Cincinnati. Uh, six and a half sacks. I think 16 tackles for loss last year from the inside playing at Cincinnati. He's not getting a lot of help on that D-line. Well, no, And you, for the seventh round, that's a great yeah, value pick. Well, it's a depth pick, right, that you're going to pick yes. behind Tillery. That's yes. what it is. Yeah. Uh, yep, that's a depth pick. But you almost you have to look at production throughout their college careers once you get to round seven. Yes, and these guys, yeah, and and size, you know, some of these guys in them later rounds we've talked about. If you get after that first maybe sixty picks, they're kind of lumped together, Jordan. And then you you look at your guys, and the production part should stand out. And I think that's why Drew Prank, Tranquil, that's why Stick, and that's why Broughton got drafted. They were all highly productive, and in your late rounds, that's what you want. You want your backups to be productive and develop into starters. And so I think they did a pretty good job. Um, again, we're going to see. I think the Pipkins pick is going to be big for them because they need a line help, and that's a third-round pick. So if he doesn't develop, I think you missed. And I think that's going to hurt. Yeah, but I'll tell you what kind of eases the pain of missing in round three. You got two first-round picks yeah. in round number one and two in the first 60-round picks. You got yeah. two guys that I view as first-rounders. So if I'm going to ask you for the Chargers grade. I'll give you mine right now. If I have to grade it based on what they did in rounds one and two, I love Tranquil as a human being. I think that this is going to be a guy that's going to hang around for a while. I don't know if he's ever going to be a superstar, but I think he's going to hang around yeah, for a, a while. Yeah, he's, he's a glue player. He's a glue player, he yep. is. And I do like the Brofton pick as well. I'd give the Chargers an A. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I think the the ones you're gonna like. I said, I think Pipkins is gonna have to develop because there were some guys there. But if that's your guy, you hope he develops and makes it. If he does, hey, you did but quite well with this. Safer picks around him that make it a little bit more expendable. Very true. And uh, let's be honest, as far as the rosters goes, they built it up pretty good. I think that's six six years in a row. Tommy T's drafted a Pro yeah. Bowler. Yeah. And I think um, you know that's a pretty good record he's had. We'll see. But I like it. Of course, like he said, everybody likes the day after. Sure. Yeah. But these are guys we knew. Yeah. Especially you, you know, with the Golden Domer thing. You know those players. And they're solid human beings. I don't think we have an off-the-field issue with any of these guys. No. Which is nice. Let's move over to the Rams. I'm not going to be as kind to the Rams as you were to the Chargers. (laughs) There were things I liked here. And, And I think you also have to consider the fact that the Rams did. They went into this draft without a second or a third round pick, and they had to get more depth. And they had to get more depth because they so, have a top heavy roster. They do. They have a very salary top heavy cap roster. issues, so they had to get more depth. So you're just take that into consideration. You, you have to. You, you have, have to. to. Okay. Now, with all that being said, we'll start by talking about the first pick that the Rams take, 61 overall. They go Taylor Rapp. Me um, working for a, a Utah Ute affiliate station. I watch a lot of Pac-12 football. I love the Rapp pick. I was extremely happy when they took rap. You text me immediately after the pick from Nashville telling me that you great loved pick. it as well. Yeah, great w- pick. When you look at what they have with Weddle and Johnson, I think he's a starting caliber safety right out of the gate. I really do. Well, I think it makes your nickel package a lot more dynamic, don't you? I mean, Johnson can walk down and play nickel linebacker now mm-hmm. and be more athletic. Yeah. And rap and Weddle can split the field and do whatever they want. They can both be interchangeable. So I love that pick. I think the Rams had a that's a home run pick, especially when you add that you got him at sixty one. You got to trade back. So I think that's a home run pick. If you trade back, and again we go back to the fact that if Tillery's there, they don't trade out of the first. I round. agree with you. I, I don't think they would have either. Uh, I, I think I, that would have been the pick. I, I think hands down that would have been the pick. Um, but you needed the depth. You needed depth. You need young you need players on that football team, especially with your cap problems yep. coming on. You got a lot of superstars that got to be played, and then. 
How about the next pick, though? I like this I more than I you did. I don't like. I don't. I do not like the Henderson pick out of Memphis. Uh, my father, who's a big Ram homer, he loved it. I know the Rams are trying to build depth. I think there's more uncertainty under Todd over Todd Gurley than what's being let on, and I think this proves it. When you take a guy 70 overall, Ram fans, let's go back a couple of years. Uh, Trey Mason, remember the Rams used a third round yep, pick on Trey, Trey Mason. Mason. He went mental. He had some mental issues. He, he did, but at the time we. Us, we were unaware of that, right? Yeah. Okay, now remember at the time, the Rams had Zach Stacy, right? So you had Zach Stacy, you had Trey Mason. Stacy showed signs of, of being a pretty productive NFL back. Uh, Trey Mason showed signs of being a pretty productive back. Then they go out and they draft Todd Gurley. Okay, so the point I'm trying to make here is when you continue to draft running backs consecutively, that means you have a problem in the backfield, right? That's what that tells me. Why would you go out and draft Henderson in round number three when you re-up Malcolm Brown, who I love Malcolm Brown. Yeah. I, you and I had the conversations yeah. last bigger, year. Man, bigger guy. B- bigger guy, ran the ball very well. Uh, you know, L.A. probably had one of the best one-two duos when Brown was healthy, and I guess you could even make the case when C.J. Anderson yeah, came around. That's true. Because you had Gurley and you had Brown or Anderson, and then if you take a look at what the Chargers have with... Uh, that's what I see. That's what, I, that's what okay, I'm envisioning. So, okay, so you're seeing... You're seeing the I'm seeing Gordon and Eckler okay. the same as you're seeing Gurley and Henderson. That's what I see with Henderson because I think he's so different than Gurley. He's going to be I, the third back on the, on the depth chart. So tell me how he fits in here. Third downs. Okay. Third downs. You get to limit Gurley's pitch count, and you need that. That's obvious. So you know you got an issue with Gurley's knee, and this kid's so different, so dynamic. He's shifty. He's smaller. He's faster. It's a different screen. It's a different draw. These things that he can do, put him out in space. Why can't they use them together? You had a lot. You know, you, you miss Cooper Cup. Me and you have talked about how, how important he was Absolutely. when he went down. Why can't Gurley and Henderson be in the backfield together? Because if you're looking at your skill positions – what would you say the weakest one is? For me, I would say it was your tight ends. Not that they're bad, no, they're but I'm not saying bad. I would say your receivers and your running backs are better than your tight ends. Do you agree yeah, with me? Well, I like, I like, look, I like Everett and Higby an awful lot. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Y- you do. But they're not top 10. So right? why can't you go uh, double tights and double running backs and split one of them out? Well, and and when you, take some of that out because play action, the boot, mm-hmm. those play actions are so big for McVay. I like to pick because it gives you a different weapon. That's all I think, Jordan. I think that in the all passing shortage, game, he was fantastic last season as well. He's a consensus All-American, I think, in 2018. Yeah. So, but they traded up to get him, and maybe but, the reason, you don't think McVeigh has a certain but, amount. No, he does. He, he does. He saw that kid. And he's like, oh, this is what I'm gonna do with him. So he went and got his guy, and he could mm-hmm. because you trade back. Well, when we talked to Jim Everett, he said that Sean McVeigh exhausted less need when the Rams made the initial hire with McVeigh. And they go out and they get Robert Woods. A lot of people thought they overpaid for yeah, Robert Woods. Were, a lot of people maybe, thought, I thought they overpaid for Robert Woods at first. Maybe the most complete receiver in the game right yep. now. You can make that argument, right? So there was an obvious niche, an obvious puzzle that McVay sees. Rams straight up to get him. I think maybe the reason, you're very convincing, by the way. Uh, my dad has been trying to convince me of this pick two over the last <laughs> little while. I guess maybe the reason I don't like it as much is because it tells me that something is wrong with that. That might Gurley. be a lot of it for you. And, and maybe. And and it could be that they're just, maybe they're going to take 15 p- plays a game and put this kid in to take that off of Gurley. Yeah. Because Anderson's not going to help you in the passing game. C.G. Anson was great in the playoffs. He can run. He's a big guy. Again, Malcolm Brown can run, but you're not going to throw him the ball. No. No, you're right. No, you're so, right. you know, hey, this might be a perfect example that Gurley needs 15 snaps to 
I don't know, maybe lighten the load. And this kid can play. I will say I love the next pick for the Rams that we're going to talk about here. And again, with me being a Golden Domer homer, I've got to watch this kid play a lot. I'm talking about David Long, the uh, cornerback out of Michigan. I like this pick a lot. And cornerback to me was a spot of need for the Rams in this draft because... Depth-wise, especially. Well, you need it depth-wise, but let's not forget... Akeem Tlaib is going into the final year of his contract, and I don't know that he plays again in the NFL past next season. If he was to call it quits at the end of next season, would you be shocked? No, I no not at all. I wouldn't. All right, and you're going to have to pay Marcus Peters at some point in time. Okay, so long as a two-year starter... Or if Peters stays on his path, you, you run, let him go. You let him go. Right, so you have to pick someone that's going to develop quickly. And that's an NFL that's an NFL style defense in Michigan. It is. It is. That's it is. NFL it style is. coaching. Yep. You know, so uh Rams fans, you know Jim Harbaugh well because he beat you up for a couple of years there in San Francisco. This th- that was an NFL defense at Michigan. So, I like to pick two. I'm with you, Jordan. I think these you needed them for depth and starting in the future. Third round pick, that was a pick you got on the trade back. Right. You got it on the trade back. Uh, and, and the other I love guy, that. It's great value. It, it is great value. And it's funny because when they picked him, there were two guys that I was really hoping that the Rams would look at in the middle rounds. I didn't know if he was going to be an actual option. And I'm talking about David Long. But I thought maybe you could grab a guy like, again, I'm going to go back to Notre Dame here for just a moment because their defense was was phenomenal over the last couple of seasons. Julian Love. Julian Love was Julian a guy Love, yeah. that maybe you could nab in the mid-rounds. Because you, you, you're going to have a year to stole develop. him in round he did. four. He stole, stole, he stole Julian Love. Yeah. So there was another name that I was looking at there for the Rams. I do like the long pick. Round three, again, the Rams, they draft with need. They go out, they get Bobby Evans out of Oklahoma. I love this pick. Tell me why. I love this pick. This guy was a big-time starter in a big-time program. He can pass block. And you needed depth there in the O-line anyways, so you get a big-time player, big-time program, at a great place in a position of need again. I'm going to tell you why I like it, because who's the hottest coach right now in college football? Lincoln Riley. Outside of Dabo, of course. Uh, yeah. Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley's a name, he, you know. He's a name. He's a guy that has now coached back-to-back Heisman Trophy winners. Lincoln Riley is, is the guy right now in college football. Okay, so who has been on that offensive line anchoring with two Heisman Trophy winners. We're talking about Bobby Bobby Evans, the guy that has played right tackle and And left left tackle. tackle. Okay, so he's maneuvered around a little bit. He's got a year to work with under Andrew Whitworth and and Rob Hovenstein. So again, you have some time to develop this guy. Uh, But again, you were just talking about long, and the transition should be easy for him playing in an NFL-type defense. Mm -hmm. The way Evans has been used... Pass protection's been huge. Oh, yeah. He should Oklahoma. be able to pass protect. And it's a great pick, like you mentioned, because he just follows Whitworth around for a year. Yeah, that's it. And basically, you know, follow this guy who... Whitworth is a borderline Hall of Fame player. I mean, yeah. this guy's been incredible for he, a he lot of up, years. He ends up in Canton. I think he ends up in Canton. This guy's a great, great, great player. So, Evans, follow him around. No Bloom, we thought when No Bloom got drafted, he was going to be the backup left tackle. Yeah, we did. He's moving into guard. Yep. And they have got him penciled in at right guard. Yep. So now you have your swing tackle and a great place to pick him. Again, you move back. you got a position of need at 97. I love that pick. Round number four, the Rams, it's been reported, they went into day number two wanting Greg Gaines. And they get him. Or day number three, excuse me. And they, and they got Greg Gaines. That's who they wanted. They got him. And again, I can relate this back to the first round pick. The Rams go defensive tackle. If Tillery's there, he's not there. They have a gaping hole at... Uh, you know, on the defensive line with Ndamukong yep. Sue leaving. Dominican they have a gaping leaving. hole, so they, they had to fill it in. 
the Rams. They trade up to select him. He's probably going to have to play immediately, which I don't mind, even if you have someone that's a little bit underdeveloped, because you can mask some of those deficiencies with Michael Brockers and Aaron Donald. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a great place to be because you're getting a lot of one-on-ones. And let's be honest, and Dom Kinsu was dominant in the playoffs, but it was one-on-one. It was one-on-one. Well, it was one-on-one. And he was not great in the regular season. So, you can another replace- a great pick. These are guys you needed. Again, and these, you know, we talk about this all the time, and we get the, and we call it Liars Week, but it's really just Liars Season. And these general managers just swear, oh, no, we don't have any needs, or we don't do it like that. That's BS. They were looking, and they needed a D-tackle. They liked the kid at D-tackle, and they went and got the kid at yep. D-tackle. There's no doubt. There's no so, doubt. best player available, I believe that comes into it for some teams. It came into it for this for this particular spot. It came into it. You now, know, now, they wanted him going into day number three for a reason. Yes. and But, you know, they, they, they say things like, we just top player on our board. And I believe in the later rounds, a lot of great teams do that with stacked rosters. But teams that need help at the back end of their roster, they're drafting for need. They need a developmental defensive tackle. They found one they liked. They went and got him. So, I like that pick, too. I think the Rams have done a solid job. Absolutely. With all things considered, yes. With all and with their considered. situation, I think it, it, it was different than other teams. It was much different than other teams. Now we get down to the last three picks, and they're simply depth picks. And we can group these guys together, okay? So David Edwards, offensive tackle coming out of Wisconsin. Bottom line is, he's going to follow Bobby Evans. He's going to follow around Andrew Whitworth. This is a depth pick. You're yep. trying to fill your roster as cheap as you possibly can. Use a fifth You have a connection, here. and Havenstein is a Wisconsin guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this guy's right. a right tackle. Right. So that could be the same kind of connection. There you go. And then I guess you go to round number seven. Same thing. You take Nick Scott out of Penn State as safety. The secondary is already pretty loaded because you have Weddle. You have John Johnson. We talked about Rap already. It's a depth pick here. You're filling, special teams pick. Special teams special pick. Special teams that's, pick. That's what yeah. it is. And it's probably the same thing with Dakota Allen, a linebacker out of Texas Tech. You take him with the pick number 251. You're taking this kid specifically for special teams. That's and you need a linebacker depth. You, you, you do. Yeah, because Mark Barron's gone. Mark Barron's gone. So you needed a linebacker anyways. Again, you're not in your 34 base defense very much, especially in that division. You're going to be playing a lot of, you know, the NFL's 70% nickel defense nowadays. So you only have two linebackers on the field. Um, we both like Littleton. I love, yeah, I love Corey Littleton. Uh, I yeah. think he's, he's a, but Dakota Allen, this was a top recruit. Got himself in a little trouble at Texas Tech. Ended up on uh, Last Chance U. Yeah, he was, he was last on the, he he was was the last chance U. Last U, chance U, right. At, uh, in Mississippi, gets back to Texas Tech. So he's taking a long, hard road to get there. And he's a character guy now. I think, you know, so I like that pick too. Depth and special teams, which you got to have. Back yeah. into your roster again. For your Rams, it's different because you were so top heavy in your salary yeah. that the back end of your roster needed help. Because you didn't have all the picks too because you traded last year. Well, that's been a problem for the last couple of seasons. Yeah, depth, depth, depth. Give so, me the grade. Give me the grade. What do you give them? An A. I give an A because I love the way they maneuvered the board and added people. Yeah, Maybe you don't get you know a top pick that you're whatever, but I love Taylor Rapp. I, I love Taylor Rapp. I yeah, love that, the I Henderson pick. So and you and you got positions of need. I think the Rams had a home run, dude. I really do because what you end up with three extra picks, right? You had you found ways to fill in the gaps from trades that you've made in the past. And when you maneuver the board, that counts as much as anything. So you got guys you like, positions you needed, and you maneuvered the board to add depth. So I love that what the Rams did. I really do. I love the long pick. I love the wrap pick. Uh, you're making me a believer on the Henderson pick, so thank you for that. <laughs> and I don't mind the Bobby Evans pick. Here's the thing. My wife's a math teacher. So if my wife 
throws a math sheet in front of me and she says, do this, I'm going to miss something along the way, but she's going to grade me on the curve because she knows I'm not good at math, right? So what's an A to me in math is probably a B or a C to her. And that's the way I kind of view this draft because I don't think the Rams knocked it out of the park, but they did the best with what they had. And I thought that Les Snead was aggressive and he's been aggressive and they found a way to fill needs. Hard to evaluate depth picking, though, Vinny. That's actually very true. And like you said, everybody's so excited right now because they're thinking, oh, what a great draft. Three years from now, we'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. And probably it's going to be essential for both the Chargers and the Rams the next three years to fill out a roster because a lot of them are leaving. We're going to lose Phillip Rivers. He's going to retire. you got a lot of high-end talent on the Chargers roster, same as you do. So you're going to have to pay Goff. You're going to play Gurley. You're going to play Cup. You know, you did pay Donald. So you have a lot of guys you have to develop and 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 you know fill in and get better with the draft because, like you said, Talib Peters. We're going to find out in a couple of years if they developed him correctly. Well, and I think that you also have to look like I go back to the 2016 draft, and that was when the Rams gave up an awful lot to get Jared Goff. The pick that I was excited about that season, there were there were two in particular: Tyler Higby and Farrell Cooper because they were both fourth-round selections, because the Rams did not have a pick in rounds two or three. And I thought, okay, you gave up a lot for Jared Goff. You know he's not going to play immediately. If you get any sort of production out of Higby and Cooper in rounds four, it eases a lot of the tension of not picking in rounds two and three. Now, Higby's been great, and Cooper was a Pro Bowl returner at one point in time. Obviously, now he's not on the squad anymore. Uh but, but the they didn't find replace they, him when he was injured, though. They, they yeah, did. they got value for they him. They did, yeah. and they had value when he was there. And to me, it just it kind of eased the like I said, it eased the blow of not picking in rounds two or three. So once again, Rap's production and I think Long's production is going to go a long ways in saying if this draft was successful based on the previous trades that did work out because you won an NFC Championship, so the trades did work out. Now you try to ease the blow of just filling in spots, right? Correct. So that's kind of the way I. It's going to take about a well, year or two to evaluate yeah, this Yeah, and you're right about that, the debt picks. But then, you know, too, you got to take your roster as a whole and the things that fell into this. Eric Weddle was an amazing pickup for the Rams because you have volatile guys in Peters and Tlaib, and I think Weddle is able to handle them. I think the communication will be back there will be better. I think Weddle is highly intelligent and has played for Wade Phillips before. So I think that made your team better. Now when you add another chess piece in Taylor Rapp that can move Johnson maybe up to linebacker, with Littleton in a four-man front, you have Fowler, you have Donald. I like Wade Phillips' defense and where he's going with this. I think they're going to be way better than last year. So you add that in, then, and, and Taylor Rapp adds another piece that he can run around. Him and Weddle can switch spots. They're almost interchangeable. Kind of a smaller guy, highly intelligent, ball hawks. But I think Weddle's leadership will be big, especially because you know you have issues with Tlaib and Marcus Peters off the field. I mean, they're well-documented. So I think the leadership helps there. And that helps, too. So I like where the Rams are going. I still think they're the favorites that division, hands down. No doubt. I think the 49ers have really started to be, you know, a dark horse for a lot of people. Yeah. As they were last year. And adding Bosa. And basically what you do is you add Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Nick Bosa to the 49ers. To one of the best play callers in the league. Yes. As the head coach. Yeah. Yeah, So there's something going on there. But... <clears throat> I like the, the Rams, what they did there, and I like how they maneuvered the board. That's where I give them a lot of points for them, maneuvering the board to get players they wanted. And I think you're going to like the Henderson pick because if Sean McVay really likes him, that's going to be something. That's going to be worth something. 
And you're getting Cooper Cup back. You're getting Cooper Cup back. That would yeah, be that, huge. That goes a long way. That goes a That'll long way. That would be huge. Like for the Chargers, you know, and, them, and when you get into them playoff games, the Super Bowl or us against um, New England, we were missing a couple guys there, and Hunter Henry for the Chargers. Mm-hmm. He wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he dressed for that last game. Was he there? No. 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 But he's an, he's an amazing weapon. Cooper Cup's an amazing weapon. So you add into both these teams, they look pretty good right now. The L.A. rosters look pretty good right now, uh, yeah, Jordan. Yeah, they do. They do. You, you can't complain yeah, about yeah, it. You can't complain good. about where you're at. Uh, let's jump. Let's talk New York. With the sixth pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the New York Giants select Daniel Jones. Uh, you know, coming in, I didn't have um, a whole lot of expectations. I was just excited for the opportunity to be here, and um, you know, however it worked out, I would be, I'd be excited. But um, I'm thrilled to be part of the Giants. I'm looking forward to getting started. Roger Goodell making the announcement of Daniel Jones coming off the board at number six. And then Daniel Jones talking about the excitement of being the next quarterback for the New York Giants. Vinny Gettleman has been torn to pieces over this pick. <laughs> and I, maybe I'm a contrarian here, and I'm not trying to be, right? Because I'm not falling in line with the rest of the national media and slamming the New York Giants. When I look at three picks that stand out to me, first off, you get Daniel Jones at six. Was it a reach? Gettleman loves him for a reason. Yeah. And, and Gettleman, we'll get to the clip in just a moment. He says, in fact, let's play it right now. This is Dave Gettleman and the reason why he went with Daniel Jones. When we got in here Friday night, the question was posed, you know, why didn't you wait until 17? Well, I know for a fact there were two teams who would have taken him in front of 17. I know that for a fact. It wasn't easy for me to pass up Josh Allen. You know, that for me, you know, in my background... That was very, very difficult. But I think that much of Daniel Jones and his future as an NFL quarterback. So, Vinny, he says that multiple teams had their eye on Jones. Okay, we read a lot. We, we have draft analyzers come on the show. At the end of the day, we don't know what all the talk is around the league. And Gettleman seemed pretty convinced that if they didn't take him at 6, he wouldn't be available at 17. Well, and, and those guys know each other. Gettleman's been in the NFL for decades. And he's got a proven track record. Yeah, Gettleman's had success. He's been in the NFL for decades. And he was right to defend himself. And he said, hey, we'll find out in three years if I'm crazy. Yeah. And yeah. guess what? This is a guy that they know, too. They have an insight into this that a lot of people don't. Eli Manning and David Cutcliffe are very close. Mm-hmm. The Cutcliffe family and the Manning family are very close. The college coach had an insight into this kid and the Giants. I bet you the Giants had more information on him than any team in the league there's no question and when i look at daniel jones good skill set we know this he got beat around at duke yeah that's not a good football team. it's not a good football team and they play and this is arguably the best conference in college football i know people kind of connect that with the sec you can make a strong argument that the best conference in college football is the acc you can make a strong argument you could you right. very well could. And it's a guy at 6'5", 230, highly intelligent. There's highly a lot, intelligent. There is a lot of good tools there, with this there kid. There and is. he don't have to play right away, which is another advantage. And let's talk about this, too. You're in a unique position with Dave Gettleman, knowing that Manning's at the back end of his career, and he had other capital. Mm-hmm. He had another pick. Yep. So he needed to get his quarterback. And if that's his guy and nobody's calling a number six, why wouldn't you take him? Well, and... Again, you just mentioned you have that draft capital. Okay, so the next pick at 17, they go Dexter Lawrence, defensive tackle out of Clemson. That is an extremely safe pick. 
Extremely safe pick. Yes. Again, people will argue you could have got Dexter Lawrence in the back half of the first round. Look, Dexter Lawrence is an extremely safe pick. He will be a difference maker uh, for the Giants at nose tackle. There's no question about that. He yep. will. And they love B.J. Hill, last year's pick at three technique. There you go. And we talk about this all the time. And a lot of people don't follow the draft like we do, Jordan. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people don't get into it like we do. But the floor. The floor is a word that gets thrown around a bunch by the NFL. Most people don't understand that. And what they mean by that is the floor is how bad could a kid be? Not the ceiling of how good he could be. So there's a lot of people that say, hey, you know, this kid has a low ceiling but a high floor, which means that's a safe pick. And that's what Lawrence is. And that's what Lawrence is. You know from day one his floor is he's going to walk in and play two downs and dominate the run game. Yep. Maybe he doesn't dominate the pass game. Maybe he gets that way. Maybe they see the ceiling is higher. But the floor is is very, very, very safe pick, like you say. So, And with Jones, I don't, I don't understand the craze about – you know, you're reaching for a quarterback. You have to. If you don't have a quarterback, you don't have anything in this league. Yeah, and I don't think it was a reach because... You had, you had a guy graded that you loved, yeah. you had insight on, and you have an aging veteran, you know it's not going to be around forever, and can help him. I, I don't understand why people didn't like this pick. Three quarterbacks receive first-round grades. Three quarterbacks. We know this now. Daniel Jones, right? Dwayne Haskins, and Kyler, and Kyler Murray. Murray. Yep. All right, so you had your pick of two quarterbacks out of the three that received first-round grades. And you went with a guy that you were familiar with. Now, I could even go beyond the Lawrence and the Jones pick and talk about DeAndre Baker, which I loved as well. That was a great pick. I love the DeAndre Baker pick as well because, again, if we're talking about conferences, because people love that in college football, Georgia has been dominant defensively. Who was their number one defensive back over the last two seasons? Baker. It's DeAndre Baker. Yep. And you get a number one defensive back a guaranteed difference maker in Dexter Lawrence defensively, and I promise you, he, that is the safest pick, one of the safest picks of the first round. Clemson, any defensive player that went in the first round for Clemson to me was a safe pick. Christian Wilkins, pick. those kids know how to play. They yeah, do. They know how to. They play. know how to play. So yeah. again, I, I love that pick with Dexter Lawrence. I love the Baker pick. Yeah, I can defend the New York Giants. I don't believe the Giants flubbed up, and I had to laugh. I was listening to some sports talk radio over the weekend, and as the Analysts continue to pile on Gittleman. They actually bring up that they let Sam Darnold fall to the Jets last season. They took Saquon Barkley. <laughs> the guy's a Hall of Famer. Look, in early in his career, you could see this guy in, in, in gold. He is Marshall Falk. He's incredible. See, that's who he reminds me of. He is great. And so you passed on Sam Darnold for a reason. This guy is a once-in-a-generation type talent. Absolutely. The Giants have had... To me, the Giants were great last year. I don't think you could have passed up on Barkley at number two. This year, you take Jones. I'm fine with him taking Jones. I really am. I'm fine with the Lawrence pick. I love the Baker pick. I thought the Giants did fine. Now, stepping away from the Giants, let's talk about the Washington Redskins because I don't think things could have worked out any better for them. I know you love Montez Sweat. They trade back into the first round. They get Sweat at 26, if I remember 26, right. 26, yeah. And then they also draft Dwayne Haskins, so they get their quarterback, and they get a guy that just a month and a half ago was projected to be a top-10 pick. Oh, absolutely. This guy, and, and there's some information we're getting now that he might be misdiagnosed. There may be nothing wrong with him. And this guy can flat move now, mm-hmm. Jordan. He ran a 4-4. Mm-hmm. So I love the sweat pick. They're going to run that aggressive. A guy we're familiar with, or I am, Greg Maniski. He's an old Charger defensive coordinator. In fact, I've talked to him at practice before. He's aggressive. You put him on the other side of Ryan Kerrigan and that pass rush there. They got Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne on the front. 
the Redskins are looking like their pass rush is really coming on. And I think and I like, love that pick. And I, Haskins I too. too. And I'll be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, I'm fine with Haskins' pick as well. I love the fact that he can sit there and I like Case Keenum as a, a placeholder. Sure. Yeah. Well, so you don't have to rush Haskins. Ke- you Ke- don't Keenum have to. Keenum will be the starter day one. He'll day probably, one. But yeah. you don't have to rush Haskins. No, you don't. You don't. And so he fell right in their lap. They didn't have to move up. They didn't have to move down. Everything worked out for them. I thought they had a home run. I'm with you. I yeah, love the I, Redskins' first two picks. I really, I, yeah, I, I love what the Redskins have done. And really, if you go back over the last two drafts, I've been fine with Washington. I think they've actually drafted quite well over the last oh, two Jonathan years. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. Yeah. This team has some talent. There's no doubt about it. We talked about earlier on in the show a team that we didn't like in the Detroit Lions, and I kind of want to stray away from the teams that we didn't like because there's so many positives to talk about. The Miami Dolphins, and you and I did have a lot of conversations about the Dolphins leading up to the draft because of Brian Flores, and again, we were waiting for that domino to fall. We knew he was going to become the head coach of the Dolphins. Got a late jump on everything because you have to wait until the end of the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, I thought that it, at first, I thought that if Kyler Murray's there, that's Flores' guy because it's Kyler Murray. I mean, how often do you see a quarterback this this athletic fall that deep? Once Kingsbury got the job, it seemed like it was a long shot. And you and I had talked about that multiple times as well. Miami passes on Haskins. They trade a second rounder. They get Rosen. And then they draft a kid that we had the pleasure of talking to last week and Christian Wilkins. I felt in love with this kid. And again, I'm going back to Dabo and Clemson. It's a safe pick if you take anyone on that defensive front because it's one of the greatest defensive fronts we have seen in modern era of college football. Absolutely. They were great. Okay, and just listening to Christian Wilkins talk, if you didn't listen to it, if you missed the show last week, you can archive that show at CastleCountryRadio.com. I love this kid. When Dabo Sweeney tells you this kid is so impressive he could be president of the United States, that's how much he loves Christian Wilkins. You're talking Dabo. So this is the guy that's in the national title. He's the top, one of the top coaches in the world right now. Yeah, maybe. And he loved that kid. Maybe. He loves that kid. Yeah. And you needed help, and he fell in your lap. You traded a sick, what, the 62nd pick in the draft for a guy that went in the top 10 last year? Yeah. That's highway robbery. Yeah. That's highway robbery. A two, and a, two and a five is what they gave up for That Rosen. is a That's home it. run for the Dolphins. And we've piled on the Dolphins. Let's be honest. Yeah, we have. And I still think they're the worst roster. roster in the NFL. I agree. I agree. I, but we piled on, and they're starting to put it in there. They're putting their plan in place. And I think they did a great job. I think they were patient. They let Rosen fall to them. Now, I think Arizona handled that poorly. But that's a different uh, that's a different story. But Miami let that fall right into their lap. They needed help at D tackle. They got a high character leader guy. They need those. They got a highly intelligent guy, which Brian Flores needs. I thought they hit a home run. I agree. Of course, it, we all you know. There's a lot of home runs. There, there are right after the draft ends. Rashawn Gary going to the Packers again. I love that. I love, I love Gary going 12 to the Packers. Uh, now that some of the trades though were finalized, and I want to piggyback off of the whole Rosen deal. Let me throw this trade out there to you, and you tell me. Who came out on top? Okay, so we'll start with the Giants and the Browns trade. So the Browns get Odell Beckham. The Giants get Jabrell Peppers, Dexter Lawrence, O'Shane Zeminez, the kid from Old Dominion, standing six foot three, two 253 pounds, uh, defensive end. So you get an edge rush as well. Plus you get the cap space that you're giving up in the trade, getting rid of Odell. Who wins that deal? Well, if Odell plays great, he stays healthy, both teams. If Odell causes problems and him and Mayfield have issues and Cleveland is Cleveland, as they usually are, let's hope they're not. We're both rooting for Cleveland um, than the Giants. But I think you both win. That's a win-win for everybody, right? You got a guy that's giving you trouble. You got a guy that maybe didn't fit in New York because he had too much, what's the word we want to use here, scrutiny, pressure, Mm -hmm. whatever. Maybe didn't mesh with Manning as much. So 
Gettleman says, well, I can get something for him. Makes it happen. He's got a quarterback. He's got himself in the first round. He gets a quarterback with his pick. He gets a, a space heater that he wants in D-line. He loves well, big men. And I think that that... A pass rusher. And Jabril Peppers, which helps. They needed help at safety because they saved the money getting rid of Landon Collins. And, and Preppers was, or Peppers has been okay. He hasn't been great. He's been okay. That's a pretty good football player, though. He's not a bad football player, no. And I, and I also think that in acquiring that 17th pick overall... That allowed you to take Jones. At yeah, six. that's part of the that's part of the equation. It, it is. It, it is. is right because again, I'm going back to the safe pick uh, here with Dexter Lawrence. Right. I mean, it, you you can. I hate to use the word reach because I don't think that Jones is a reach. I really don't. No. But it allows you to reach when you have a safe pick at 17. And it's and that's so, your guy. It doesn't matter when you're picking. If that's your guy, then take your guy. And Gettleman's a strong guy. Gettleman's yeah. a, a, a strong personality. So he's not going to be bullied or pushed around into something he don't want to do. That was his guy, and he's going for it. Here's a trade that looks pretty lopsided now, and I think that the Browns win this one hands down now that it's complete, okay? It's the Browns-Dolphins deal that was done last year for Jarvis Landry. Okay, so the Browns get Landry. The Dolphins get Durham Smite, tight end out of Notre Dame. That's who they took last year. That's who they took last year. Okay. This year's seventh-round pick was Miles Gaskins. Browns win that trade. Yeah, absolutely. Landry was, yeah, Landry any... was great uh, for the Browns. He helped uh, turn that thing around. And I like Gaskins. I, I like Gaskins. So it was a fourth college. and a seventh, right? It was a four and a seven. It's four and a seven. And, you know, again, when you're in Miami, you weren't going to pay Landry the money. So that has to be figured into it because the cap space, you're going to be figured into it. Now, when you say that, Jordan, the new regime has to spend that money. Yeah, you got it. And him. they have to you spend got it because that's part of the equation when you go into these trades yep. for guys you're not going to pay then you got to spend that money. So we kept talking about the Raiders. We beat it to death. Then we're going to pay Khalil Mack. Well, then they got to pay people. You got to. Which they did. They did. They spent yeah. a lot of money. They did. Went out and you got know, Trent Brown, Lamarcus Joyner. They, they spent a lot of money. money. So that's part of the, the equation in these trades is your money. So for the Dolphins, they got to spend some money. And the Browns, you know, hey, they got a great player in Landry and they're happy with them. Cowboys, Raiders. Cowboys get Amari Cooper. We now know the Raiders, uh, they get Jonathan Abram, safety. That was but the 27th pick overall in the first round dra- uh, in the first round of this draft. We all praised that trade at one particular time. Cooper looked pretty good for the Cowboys. Uh, the Raiders spent a lot of money with LaMarcus Joyner in the offseason. you got to complement these pieces at some point in time, right? You have to. And Abram was a highly rated player. He was. He was a highly rated player. Um, that one, that, uh, that was one, though, that I had to kind of think through. Now, I didn't say I hated that pick. I had to think through because... You've been praising Carl Joseph uh, yeah. a couple years ago. He was a first-rounder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just picked, really, what, like the same guy? Yep. So what's the plan? So that's one of those where you don't say, I hate the pick, but then you think to yourself, okay, explain to me what the plan is. Mayock, what do you got? What, what, what's in store here? But, again, uh, good trade for both teams. Cooper was lights out for the Cowboys. He, and he wasn't for the And he, he wasn't, wasn't for the Raiders. Raiders. And they got a first-rounder out of the deal. Yeah. I will end with this one. The Raiders get Antonio Brown. The Steelers now get Deontay Johnson, who they selected in the third round, 66th overall, and tight end Zach Gentry, who they took in the fifth round, 141 overall. That trade looks pretty lopsided, but in addition, by subtraction, I still like I still like it for the Steelers. You still really have to do. take that trade. Yeah. You have to take that trade. And again, the Steelers were in a tough spot because nobody wanted to give anything up for Antonio Brown. He made it so miserable they knew he couldn't be there, and they got him for nothing. Let's be honest, third and fifth? But again, the Steelers, they're going to save a lot of money. Yeah, no and doubt. And they've got to spend that money now. No doubt. Le'Veon and Antonio left a ton of money for you. Make it work.
Now, the Steelers don't get that money this year. They get it next year, Jordan, but that's a lot of money they it's got. a lot of money. And, that's, and they got to spend it. That trade's still an eye for incomplete. Yeah, still exactly. Is. Yeah, still is. Out of time on this edition of Bolts and Horns. You can listen to that on iTunes and, of course, at CastleCountryRadio.com. Vinny, we'll do it again next Tuesday. Perfect. All right. That's going to do it for us. Have a terrific Tuesday. Be safe. We are out.